Play this right. is an eight iron and it's a dead shank. This has gone left and into the jungle where the elephants go to die. Two perfect shots, Michael. You got me in the water on one and over the green on the other. Hello guys and welcome back to the Fifth Major Podcast, episode six. Today we've got another very, very special guest. Um, she goes by the name of Felicia Madaya. Well, yeah, my name's Felicia. I was teammates with Josh and Alex at Nottingham University golf team. And um, yeah, so I started playing golf when I was six and um, played college golf at Cal State Fullerton. But I grew up in the Philippines. So yeah, it's kind of my um, background. <laughs> and also with me today, we've got uh, Josh, uh, as always. Hi, guys. All right, so um, Felicia, um, I've just got a quick... Uh, some uh, some questions for you. Just try and answer them as quick as you can. I did this with Josh, which is quite interesting. So we'll see what we get from you. Um, so favorite TV show? Um, right now, Outer Banks. Favorite movie? Rocky. You can see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite song? Oh, um, Sweet Victory by Tripoli. Um, are you McDonald's or Pizza Hut? Oh, McDonald's, especially after an NUGC win. <laughs> yeah. Um, USA or the Philippines? Ooh, Philippines has my heart, but USA to live in. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, putter or driver? Oh, putter. That is. Um, golfing hero? Golfing hero. Ooh, probably. Oh, tough question. I'll just go with Annika Sorenstam. Yeah, um, and final question. Uh, Josh gave a great answer for this one. Um, who would you have putting a 10 foot putt to save your life? Putting a 10 foot putt to save my life. Hmm. Um, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I want it to be really dramatic. So I want it to be in Bolter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like just his reaction in the Ryder Cup and like all that pressure that he tried to put. I think, I think he can do that to save my life and be dramatic about it at yeah. the same time. Yeah, I, I'm a pretty joint holder as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Felicia, you just said there you grew up uh, in the Philippines. How is life like there right now? Um, it's kind of tough. We're still in lockdown. Um, I think the we're still in lockdown until May 15, and then they're going to reevaluate what's going on after that. But things aren't looking the best right now. I don't think the curve's flattening right now. So. Okay, sorry to hear that. I hope uh, everyone, all our fans in the Philippines are um, safe. <laughs> when do you start playing golf, and um, what is uh, golf like in the Philippines? Yeah, so I started playing golf when I was um, six years old. I got invited. Actually, um, it's a crazy story because I didn't really get invited by like a family member. So I was in, uh, I think I was like in kindergarten and one of my um, classmates, his family comes from a big golfing family. So they all went to the driving range after class every day. And one of those days they invited me to go to the driving range with them. His sisters, all of them played, eventually we went to go play college golf. And so they're a big golfing family. I, so I went to the driving range and I think um, the first golf ball, first, time I hit the golf ball I just like I just knew there was like nothing like it you guys probably have the same story too but there's nothing like it and oh, wow. I remember, um, 
yeah, being in the driving range for about like a few hours and hitting like 10 buckets, which I don't even know how that's possible for me to do right now. So yeah, I just definitely fell in love with the game right then and there. Yeah. Could, you, could you tell you got an eye from it straight from the start, Felicia? Mm, not really. I definitely didn't have, I feel like a lot of junior golfers from the Philippines were very talented. And I feel like I might have been talented too, but then I just, I wasn't really emphasized because of all the talent around me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is, um, how, how, big is, how big is golf in the Philippines in general? Like, are there a lot of people playing at a young age or are you quite rare? Yeah, I think a lot of people at a young age start playing. I mean, if they do end up playing golf, a lot of them start at a young age. And there have always been, if you look at, let's say, I think it's called the IMG Junior World now, but back in, back in my day, it was called Callaway Junior World. A few, a few times always, there's always like a young Filipino um, junior amateur playing and winning it so definitely the stage for golf for junior golfers is pretty pretty good um, golf is pretty big in the Philippines we have a lot of golf courses and a lot of you know different kinds of courses I think we even have a links course out here which I think is just like kind of crazy playing that in like the humid and hot weather yeah yeah you, you live on a golf course don't you am I right in saying I did I grew up so I grew up I actually grew up in a in a village right beside the golf course. So I took my golf cart every day. I was every day to the golf course, just yeah. cut in. We love to see that. So growing up through the uh, school system in Philippines, was, there, was uh, there a lot of golf? Were you playing a lot of golf tournaments? Yeah, so I started, so I started um, competing internationally when I was eight because even if like the competition in the Philippines was really good, we didn't have as much tournaments. So, uh, my parents actually took me to a lot of international tournaments starting the age of eight. Then from there on, they started to actually homeschool me because they knew that if I was to spend most of the summer playing golf and then catching up, like it just wouldn't be that good for me. So they just ended up homeschooling me um, so that I can also have all the time to play golf so that I could balance school, golf and other things too. So, yeah. That's, that's quite interesting. So did you know from an early age that golf was probably going to be a career for you yeah I mean I definitely I mean definitely wanted to be the best I could be and I mean if that was the LPGA tour that was the LPGA tour so I definitely like at a young age just wanted to see where I wanted to go be the best I can be definitely college golf was in the works for that because I mean all the good golfers I knew went to college golf and then eventually turned pro yeah what what was your practice regime like, Felicia? Were you kind of spending a lot of hours at the range or were you mainly kind of liking to play on course and get competitive? Yeah, so at, I think at like, at like around 13 years old, um, I kind of hit like a, kind of hit like a slump. And then that's when my parents got me a full-time like golf coach. He um, He put a lot of emphasis on just sharpening my, short game and putting skills just because I feel like everyone's just always wanting to hit, hit hit longer and be on the driving range so he put me he he would make me go to the short game area for about three four hours a day and then I ended up actually loving working on that part of my game so I decided to really hone in on the short game hours the putting hours and then um during that age like I definitely still am not but like yeah I wasn't like I definitely didn't have the power off the tee 
So I just spent most of the time just working on my body, working on my strength and conditioning. Um, in terms of driving range, I think I did more mirror drills and a lot more um, technique work on the range. Yeah. Um, and through your junior career, is there any tournaments that stand out? Uh, any highlights? Yeah. Um, I think definitely through my junior career, so early on, like playing abroad, like being able to play and represent the Philippines in like Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, play, being able to play those tournaments. I think I won, I won as a team, as a team Philippines, we won 2012 in Thailand and I placed third over there. So that was one of the, my highlights in Asia. Um, highlight in the Philippines was definitely winning the 2013 Philippine National Match Play Amateur. So being able to just like be the national amateur, like national yeah. champion of the yeah. country, was just like, yeah, it was a really cool experience. I definitely, I definitely treasure that coming from behind. I think I was like, I think I was five down from like 13, from hole number 13. So it was just a really good comeback. Um, yeah. Did a playoff, won that. So um, then in the States, being able to play, being able to play U.S. girls, which, um, was just one of like the most prominent, I think, junior golf tournaments in the world. I, I remember um, being on the same practice screen as Lydia Ko, so that was just definitely a cool experience growing up, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are courses in uh, Asia like? Are they much different to everywhere else in the world? Yeah, I mean, courses in Asia, definitely. Um, so I grew up playing in Wok Wok, really funny name, Wok Wok Golf and Country Club. But actually, it's like one of the best golf courses in Asia and probably the best in the Philippines. I, I'm for sure it's, yeah, for sure it's the oldest golf course in the Philippines. And um, there's two courses in there. But the East Course actually is the main host for the Philippine Open, which is the, uh, the host for the Asian tour that comes along here. Um, so they definitely have a lot of, they definitely have a lot of tricky, tricky parts to it. And we play in this grass over there called Carabao grass, which I don't, I don't, I think in comparison, it would be more like Kukui. Do you guys have that in the UK? Kukui grass? For my experience, I haven't seen Kukui in the UK. But yeah, it would be a little bit like Kukui grass. Carabao grass just a little like thicker. Um, yeah. So yeah, we have those kind of like old, courses type of courses then um we have we have courses that are they have similar like kind of link style courses but then as i said like it's in it's in asian weather so it definitely doesn't pan out as as well as it is in the uk so yeah golf and golf courses in asia i mean they're pretty much the same it's just the conditions are going to be different yeah, yeah is, that, is that mainly the humidity then felicia when you say the conditions yeah, I mean, the humidity and I guess, like, the heat does it, too. I mean, right now we're in, like, I think right now in the Philippines, like, a 44, like, degrees Celsius weather. So <laughs> just being able to play that and play through that is definitely going to change the conditions of the course. Yeah, I'd imagine that's a struggle, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. You, say you, don't you get caddies um, wherever you go? Caddies? Yeah, don't, don't you say you got caddies, like, on your home course and things, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and I think they're pretty much required as you play in Asia. Um, yeah. yeah, you get caddies everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, you okay. can even get an umbrella girl, which, I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't really invest in that, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of videos of guys playing in Asia, uh, and there's just caddies everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I wish they did that one in the UK. 
Um, right, so uh, moving on to college. So at what point did you decide you were going to go over to the States? Um, so, so, I mean, yeah, definitely college golf was something I really dreamt about. I knew that college golf would be like a good starting starting point of eventually turning pro and I knew whatever college I'd go to would be like kind of a springboard to my golf career and as well as my uh, professional career um, and whatever I decided to do so yeah I wanted to do so I knew early on as I said like I like struggled a lot like off the tee and didn't have as much power and didn't have as much muscle when I was younger so I definitely built a like love and passion too for strength and conditioning and building up athletes and just learning more about the body. So I knew I wanted to do kinesiology, which is like the study of human movement. And um, I wanted to major in something like that. So I knew, I knew I wanted to look for a university that had that, that had a good kinesiology program. Um, I mean, at first I was like, I wasn't really sure where I really wanted to, where I really wanted to go. Of course, everybody wanted to go to California just because of the good weather. So I was like, um, I'll just see like wherever, whatever offers that I get. So yeah, definitely kind of started the recruiting process early just cause I knew I had to get my name out there, get exposure in. So every summer I always, I always played in the States anyway. So I had, I had that going for me. And then I had all my other experiences back in Asia, like playing in Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, had all of that um, in my bag. And I knew that, I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't special. I mean, yes, I had good scores and I had that, I had that um, exposure, but I knew I, I had to just continue co communicating and communicate early on to the coaches. So um, I think I started my freshman year, sophomore year. I just started sending emails out to coaches like, hey, I'm going to go be playing these tournaments in the States. Hope you can check my scores out. If I did play well, I'd say, hey, I, I placed like what, third, fourth, like first, I won this tournament last week. Yeah, just updating you on how I did. And there's only a certain timeline where coaches can reply back to you or at least, like, send you offers. So I think that was around, like, your sophomore, junior year of high school. So during that time, like, I was already able to, like, make these connections with these coaches as well as with, like, college golfers. Like, anytime I had any, like, friends who played college golf or bumped into a college golfer in a tournament, like, I'd always, you know, just try to keep the connection, try to ask them how their school is just to get an idea of, um how their program is wherever they were at so i i definitely just went hard on like emailing coaches yeah. when i finally finally got the offers starting i think it was september 1st of your junior year where you could start getting offers started getting um a few offers here and there and it wasn't until it wasn't until august of the next year of my junior year where i committed to cal state fullerton mainly because it went, it came down to a few schools, but I think I really just felt at home going to California State Fullerton because it was in Orange County, California. The weather was really great. Um, I met the coaches. So my, one of my, um, my head coach when I was being recruited was actually, uh, she's, her name is Pearlson Banani and she played in the Ladies Professional Golf Tour. And she's just a remarkable amateur. She has a great amateur record. She won um, the women's amateur and the women's amateur public things at the same year. So she's kind of a USGA legend. Mm -hmm. I just knew that being under her wing, like I would learn a lot about being a professional golfer. Um, and they had one of the best kinesiology programs in the West Coast. So I thought like, why not? Like, why not go here? Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I chose it. And that's kind of, that's kind of the start of my college golf career. Yeah. Yeah. Could you could you just talk us through how the how the golf system works over there in, in College Felicia? Because I think it's quite a bit different to what it is over here, where we play quite a lot of match play. Um, I remember you saying that you actually had to qualify to actually get in get into your team. So could you just explain that a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean qualifying is something I definitely do not miss. I knew when I came into NUGC, I was like, oh, not gonna miss qualifying. So. I'm glad I don't have to do this again, but um, yeah, so we basically play about eight to 10 tournaments a year. And in, in college sports, usually you would have a season, but in college golf, you, you kind of had a preseason, but it was still your season. So we play all the way from like end of August all the way. I mean, if you do get in the nationals, you'd be playing till June. So it was basically the whole year, which that's one of the reasons why college golf was pretty tough. Um, but we um we competed yeah so every single time before just to make it fair too which i do agree with um every time we competed we would have held like qualifiers as a team and that would be about like two three rounds of full rounds of golf in the middle of all the school that you would have to be doing and you would compete as a team and the coach would pick the top five best players and sometimes you know it depends on each school like i think my coach for the first three years did um top top four then coaches pick depending on you know what happens if there's an injury going on or whatnot um that's usually that's typically how it goes so yeah like we would have to have those qualifyings and then I mean if you don't make it it's just it was just pretty tough you'd know that you would be left home and everyone's out there competing and luckily like my team was my team was pretty small I don't I don't even know if that was a good thing or a bad thing but I came from a team of about seven to eight girls so they would take five and there'd be either two or three of us left behind. And even if we were left behind, we'd still have to play at home so that the coaches could see like how we were playing and how yeah, um, yeah. part up to those girls who played in the tournament. So, yeah. 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 And were you, I assume you're going all over the, all over the country playing college golf at different, mm -hmm. different events, different tournaments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we played, well, it would, it would depend for each, um, each university. So, I mean, there were always there was always going to be the conference cup at the end of every one season. So the conference is the one that leads to conference and regionals and nationals. But um, yeah, it doesn't matter like which conference you came from. Like it was up to the coach to decide what was best for the team in terms of schedule, and that's definitely something we didn't have control over. Um, so it would be up to the coach to decide which 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 places we got to go to but was able to go to a bunch of cool places i think my sophomore year we got to go to mexico play there um my freshman year we played in north carolina and um georgia and then my i got to play a lot of golf in washington state which kind of had the same i think it kind of like if i if there was any tournament or any course that prepared me for playing in the uk definitely was the washington state course it's just because it was just very oh, Tree line and wet and yeah, raining, cold. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. So, uh, what was your um, routine like? Like your daily routine at college? Is it mainly golf or um, schoolwork? Yeah. So, I mean, it, again, it depended on like what major you had. My major was pretty, pretty demanding, and I was just also like really into school, so it didn't even matter if my major was demanding or not. I definitely put in, put in my fair share of work with school. Um, so. 
most teams and my team per se, like we practice three to five hours of golf five days a week. And then we have three, three SNC strength and conditioning um, sessions each week. And then the weekends were just kind of, I didn't school work and classes were just depending on your major again and um, how much you put in a school. Um, the weekends, if we weren't competing, if we weren't competing, were either left for us to practice or to kind of unwind. But truthfully, there wasn't much of that because as I said, like if we weren't competing on the weekends and we weren't traveling, we were qualified, we were getting ready for qualifying. And we would compete, usually if it was a competing weekend, we would compete from, we'd leave on Saturday to start traveling. Sunday would be the practice round. Monday would be the 36 holes. And then Tuesday would be the 18 holes. And then yeah. uh, depends on how far of a plane ride that was. And you would try to make it as soon as possible on Tuesday night so that you can go to class and start the routine again on Wednesday. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. Like, I find it amazing when we spoke to Josh earlier as well, the routine that you college guys and girls go through. Um, it's no surprise that all the best players come from those programs because it's just relentless golf, golf, golf. Like, can't help but get better, I imagine. Um, what, are there any tournaments or wins um, as a um, college that stand out? Yeah, I feel like in college, I definitely, I definitely, um, freshman year was just pretty cool being able to be, being able to, I think I was, the second highest scoring average, uh, second like second lowest scoring average. That's not very good. <laughs> second lowest scoring average on the team. That was pretty cool. Like coming in as a freshman and being able to end conference in Hawaii. Um, truthfully, didn't really win any college tournaments individually or as a team, but we did come close to winning a few times. Um, but I do. Um, one of the I guess tournaments I do treasure is um, my senior year. It was in Arizona. It was our spring break tournament, and we ended up beating um, the school record for a tournament low as a team. Um, and that was just like pretty special being able to be part of that. I personally broke my career low to a shot 68 at that tournament. So um, it was just a cool experience because I knew that I was able to like help out. And I mean, the teams before that were pretty remarkable too. We had this girl named Martina Edberg who ended up playing in the European Tour and the LPGA. And, Another girl named Tisha Brea, who also tried to qualify for the LPGA and was a tour player as well. So yeah, yeah. And when when was it that you decided um, to uh, come to Nottingham? Yeah. So um, actually, I had a in college. I had a slump on my golf game from like around my sophomore after my good freshman year, from my sophomore year towards almost the end of my junior year. And as I was coming towards the end of that slump, I was like, dang, I wish I had more time. You know, I wish I wish I had more time to play now that I've gotten out of this slump. Now I have one more year left. Um, so that was in the back of my head. I wish I had more time to play. And then as well, like, I really loved my course, kinesiology, but I also felt like I was really lacking in, like, a sense of, like, business knowledge. So I knew that I wanted to increase my skills within like the business the business realm and stuff just because I knew that it would help whatever I plan to venture on in the future whether it was to help my family with their business or whether it was to um, start my own gym in the future so um, yeah I definitely had that in the back of my head and one day I was walking to my academic advisor's office just to check in with her um, and as I said hi like she just presented this whole like pamphlets of University of Nottingham in front of me and she's just explaining it to me and how it would be another year of playing 
college golf, somewhat similar to college golf in the UK. But and she goes, but the only thing is they don't really have a kinesiology uh, major. They only have business, but they're one of the best. And I just knew like when she said that, like this is this was like like that experience was just for me at that time. And I knew I was like at the right place at the right time. So yeah, I was like, I just, I just definitely got on my email, emailed, emailed Phil Wood. Um, when I, luckily I was going to the UK to that summer cause um, we were celebrating my dad's birthday. So I got to visit Nottingham, see it for myself. And then, yeah, I just um, applied and got in and yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> was it what you were expecting Felicia or? Was it completely different? And kind of how did the atmosphere differ from like a, a US college to a UK university? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like it was different, but in a good way. Um, definitely there were things that I wasn't expecting, but I feel like all of it panned out to be, to work out well for me and work out great. Um, I think, I think I, as I said to you guys, like I definitely wouldn't have wanted to continue playing golf professionally or competitively if it wasn't for like my experience in Nottingham so that was really cool um that was a really good experience um I think the difference between the U.S. system and the U.K. system I mean first of all like yeah like I was the only girl on the Nottingham golf team um, and I I didn't I didn't really know what to expect honestly so it's not as if I came in for a shock but yeah um and having to play with guys having a having a having shorter tees but still like even if even if I was playing off the red tees most of the time, like I was still playing against guys in conditions I've never played in before. So um, that made it different. Then another thing is like in the States, like we have our, as I said, we have our coach um, figuring out the schedule and everything. For you guys, like it was more student-led and um, it was mostly you and Pete doing that, Josh. So um, yeah, that was like one of the few differences. And then, um, just having everything kind of on, on my hands, like as much as I want to practice, as much as I want to do things, it wasn't as if there was a certain, a certain um, attendance I needed to meet or I'd be cut from the program if I didn't. So. Yeah. And um, did you find it difficult um, playing UK golf courses? Because obviously, you know, playing UK golf in November, December will be a lot different to kind of what you'd experienced before. And, you had a great record, so I'm sure you didn't struggle too much. But, um, you know, did, did you find it quite difficult? And how would you say, did you, would you say that improved your game in certain ways? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, being able to play in Asia and being able to play in the U.S. was, was great. But then I think, I don't know, I feel like the U.K. is just like a different atmosphere and a different experience just because it's kind of like the home of golf and it's where all of golf started um being able to play in just being able to play in st andrews being able to play in fairmont and to be able to just play in how it actually is what was that like 30 40 miles per hour winds and being able to say that yeah i've actually played that and it wasn't even a question of like i think the first tournament i really struggled but it wasn't even a question of what i scored is more about like yeah i got through that i was able to do that okay yeah. what now and i think the big thing that UK golf really taught me and which I will really treasure for um, the rest of my life and the rest of my golfing career was just to really like deal with, deal with what's handed to you, deal with like the cards that were dealt. Like, um, I mean, the conditions were definitely like one of the toughest ones I've played. 
it wasn't even a question of like the layouts of the golf course or how it was but I mean being able to play Sonson that was about like 40 40 miles per hour plus wins and still being able to kind of keep it together and I think the last cup match we had against Durham the first five holes were just ice like there was ice on like yeah. ice on the grass so being able to play that and not slip and <laughs> break my face was something something that was that was special just being able to say that yeah I've gotten through that I've I've um I can put all that experience in the bag now that um I've I've kind of seen it. <laughs> yeah, I think um, golf's one of those sports, isn't it, that conditions change it so dramatically, but it's just how you react to them, isn't it? Um, and whether whether it's, you know, 30 degree heat, pure greens, pure everything, or you're playing in mud in like freezing weather in, in, in Britain, um, it's whoever's got the best game on the day and whoever copes with it the best is obviously going to win. Um, so moving on, um, what are your uh, plans moving forward from here? Obviously, COVID-19, I imagine, scuppered them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, my plans moving on, we're supposed to be turning pro in the summer, um, play for the uh, Ladies European Tour Access Tour, Access Series, which was kind of like the lower league of the European Tour. Wanted a, was going to play my last amateur tournament in St. Andrews, which is called like the St. Pearl Tournament. Then get on the plane to Denmark to play the European tour events um, and turn pro. That was my plan over the summer and it just all depended on. And then from there on, like, I was just kind of like, it just depends on how long and where I and want to end up playing, playing golf, um, professional golf. And then eventually I knew that I wanted to move to move back to the States and to um, pursue a career in strength and conditioning or golf fitness and along the lines of that. But yeah, I mean, now that like COVID-19 kind of took off and I think most of the tournaments got either canceled or postponed. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a pause to my golfing career and still kind of a pause to so, like my other future career choices just because um, I don't know whether I want to start working if I still have if I still have the desire to play professional golf. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you mentioned playing in Europe. What? Um... What made you decide to go to there rather than maybe a ladies' Asian tour or over in the States? Yeah, I think, yeah, as I said, um, when you guys asked me that question, like, what's the difference between, like, I guess, like, UK golf and US golf, um, or, like, my experience, at least in the UK, I would kind of compare it. There's this line from this movie called Chasing Mavericks, and he was talking, it's a surfing movie, and this guy was talking about how um, competitive surfing is um, surfing when like the conditions are really good the surfing well when the conditions are good but big wave surfing when everything's just like the waves are like 60 80 feet um, when you're surfing those waves it's it's surfing well when the conditions are bad and it's just kind of like how you like how how you deal with how bad things are and I feel like I've done within like within like my golfing experience I feel like a big part of my game that was like really um impactful was my mental game like I was able to just have like pull out grit whenever I needed to or get things done whenever whenever I needed to get it done yeah. um and just kind of control what I can control so I just thought that UK golf was kind of like went into the lines of that and just really showed how imperfect golf is and I feel like it was the best place to capitalize on yeah. <laughs> best place to capitalize on that as well as I mean it's just the most exotic 
stage of golf for me. So to be able to actually like play golf there and play professionally and start there, um, I think will do a lot of benefit for my golf game. Yeah, as as um some as the patrons at home know, um, we're uh, big advocates of bounce back ability and keeping your head in the game, on <laughs> on and off the course. Um, so yeah, Josh, did you have uh, something to ask? I'm I'm just gonna ask Felicia. Like you, you played in um, so many countries, um, completely different conditions. Um, I was just gonna ask if if you had just 18 holes um, to play on a course, which course would you choose? Oh gosh. Well, that I have played or that I haven't played? Uh, no, of course that you have played. Okay, okay I probably would. <laughs> this is crazy, but I probably would play Sonten again. The last, yeah. the last, <laughs> the last tournament and the last game of golf I played, and just yeah. like try to beat my try to beat my score. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good course, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, also because, yeah, I mean, also because that was my first time playing a proper English golf course, as you guys kept saying. Um, so I just definitely felt like that was like such a special um, experience for me just because, I mean, a lot of a lot of golfers never even get the chance to play like a proper English things golf course. And so I definitely was just so happy to be there. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see uh, yours and Josh's face kind of when you uh, when you first saw the course. It's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what is this? I've not seen this before. Yeah, it was, oh, that was pretty cool. Um, moving on, uh, I want to speak a bit about the uh, the ladies' game. Um, so, obviously, as a aspiring lady tour professional, what um, challenges uh, do you think the professional ladies' game is facing? Yeah, I mean. Like right now, being kind of a member of the LET Access Tour, I think they've been really, I don't know if they actually do that like on a regular basis, like I imagine they do. But then just during now, during this time of the crisis and everything, I've, they've been hosting a lot of like webinars and they're just more like professional development webinars, which is like, um, we had um, we had a LPGA player speak to us last week on just like the mental game and how to deal with like the inevitable or how to deal with when things don't go your way. And then I think next week they're going to have one on like public speaking and just a lot of these professional development stuff. And so I feel like, I feel really lucky that like most ladies professional tours have that going on for them. They don't just care about like, okay, like, you know, let's just, let's just get these players to join join this tour and then play the tour and then goodbye. Like, I think they really care about like developing as as professionals and to be able to um, carry our names and carry, um, carry our backgrounds really well as we compete professionally. And so I'm just really happy to be part of things like that and to see that happening in um, professional tours. I wish most professional, I hope that most professional tours do have that. So I mean, that's definitely something that could be improved if that's not already implemented in most professional tours. I think another thing is um, exposure. Like, most of, like, the social media exposure has been, honestly, like, has been a lot better in the past few years. I feel like that's the reason why a lot of, I don't know, maybe you guys can speak on this, but I think that's a big part of why women's golf has has been more interesting just because they've had more of a voice in social media. You know, like, now, like, we know that, like, Michelle Wee is um, – just had a did she just have a baby? I just had a baby and is not playing for a while, but is 
starting to practice again. We know what they're doing um, in this time of the coronavirus and the lockdowns. I feel like it just makes it more interesting and it just brings more people in to watch because I think ultimately, like, ultimately like women's women's sports a lot of people say it gets unequal and stuff and like especially for pay but then I feel like you know if if more people are watching and if there's more exposure especially within like social media and you know like people start playing well which they always do anyway um they're, we're gonna get closer to kind of equality in that sense and I think that's pretty fair <laughs> yeah I um I think the uh Solheim Cup especially that was a brilliant tournament um, and the drama of it has definitely added to the women's game. But uh, I know certainly in Europe, like there's talk on the LET that there's just the purses just aren't big enough. And um, really, the LPGA tour is the way in terms of making the big money. That's really the only way you can go. Um, so, do you, I, do you think that needs improving? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's easy for me to say, like, yeah, like make it equal or like <laughs> put yeah. more money in that. But then, like, how do we? Like, how can that actually happen? I mean, honestly, like, I can only give kind of a bird's eye point of view just because I, it's not something I really, it's not something I really, like, research in or look into or, like, parade over, like, equal pay, equal pay. But, um, um, yeah, I think as long as we keep on working on the exposure, as long as we keep on working on just making it interesting for people to watch, um, and I mean, enjoying the game out there. I feel like that's something that's really, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like one of the reasons why like I like watching sports is I like getting to know the athlete. I like getting to know the athlete's game. I like getting to know the athlete's like personal life and just kind of like, you know, seeing what their story is, whether it's an underdog story, whether um, it's, um, it's just a top dog story, whatever that story is. I feel like that's like one of the reasons why I like watching sports. So I mean, yeah. just more getting like more stories in there for sure yeah exactly it's all about the product isn't it you've got to you've got to sell the products and you've got to try and get people you know invested in you know people's careers um that actually make them want to tune in and watch it and obviously if yeah. you're going to get it's if you get more people watching then suddenly the purses will go up because you know people are paying for the tv rights and whatever so um yeah i agree with you felicia it's all about the product isn't it and that, that's yeah. what you've got to try and build yeah well, I think, um, Obviously, that's going to just inspire more and more young girls like yourself to um, to go in and play golf. Um, speaking of that, what uh, is there any advice you'd give uh, any young girls who maybe just starting the game um, or or enjoying their golf and how how should they progress it? Yeah, um, for all the girls like trying to start their game and progress it, I mean. I feel like, I feel like for me personally, I got, I concentrated into golf really early. I concentrated into golf, like at six, I started playing golf. And then at eight, like I was already competing internationally. And I feel like all I did was kind of golf. I mean, personally, in the Philippine culture, like it's not really something where, I mean, it's already like different for someone, a young female to be part of sports which is not the issue in most countries like not like the uk or the us but um i mean there's a lot of talk going on right now about um how to build athleticism first or an athlete first rather than like going on sports specific right away um i feel like for a lot of the young like young golfers out there like just try to play as much other sports as you can like don't take it too seriously yet i mean i feel like i feel like a big part of 
a big part of the reason why I wanted to play turn pro again and play it again was because I started just having more of a love for the game itself. I started realizing like what it was like to play golf again and to just play it. Um, because I think at a young age, like it was just the pursuit of going college golf and then going to college golf was the pursuit of playing well and being on the team and doing my best and being, a being a all American. Um, and then coming into nodding, I was like, trying to be a professional golfer but then like seeing I guess like seeing you guys like just play the game and like enjoy that definitely made me like fall in love with playing the game again and so that's definitely I mean obviously like I could stay here and for hours and say like oh like work on this practice this but everyone's always going to be different like, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna have different strengths and weaknesses I mean always like short game as we all know statistically is something that's definitely um definitely something that you can you know take strokes off your opponents with if you're really good at that and capitalize on that and putting but yeah I mean try to just try to just play the game and play as much sports as you can build the athlete first for sure over um getting so fixated at being a golfer being a golfer being a golfer it is a great game I don't blame people that do that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta love what you do like you said earlier like you just went to the golf golf range and we're just hitting buckets and bucks of ball just because you love it um and jay Mar said that as well you just got to love the game and that's the key and enjoy it whilst you're doing it yeah i mean also i think that you know like we can always have a passion for golf but that can be taken away so i think like at the end of it like if you really want to pursue playing it long term i think you really have to have a purpose into why you're doing it i think that's a big thing for like a lot of sports psychologists have um, just kind of like let me know. It's like always know your why, always know your why. So I mean, I mean, as long as you know your why, there's nothing really stopping whoever from achieving that, right? Yeah. Okay. Cheers, guys. Hope you uh, really enjoyed this video. If you did, please like, subscribe, follow, uh, all that jazz, and go follow the Instagram. We've got some great stuff coming up on there. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Felicia. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.